TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you for part two of this awesome conversation that I'm having with my brother from another mother. He is the chronic disease commissioner. And he's not just a commissioner. He is the chronic disease avoidance commissioner. Hi, commissioner. Dr. Damien Christoph. welcome to 100 Not Out. PC, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. I love that. I love that. Sorry for the waffle earlier on, or not earlier on, but the last podcast, let's just say that, because, you know, only moments ago we finished the last podcast. You're hearing this a week later, but... I can't tell people our secrets. Yes, I'm telling people that. There's no secrets with us, PC. We are an open book. We are a 100%, 100 not out open book, you and I. Like, we we can't lie. And then we record 52 episodes in two days, and then we just publish them. (laughs) That's not true. That's not true. That's, that's not a true. lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. Can't believe you even lied. But you were just tricking. You weren't lying. We got off to a flyer with that last episode in that we spoke about food. Now, I think, I think we covered everything we needed to do or cover with food. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, what you need to understand, just a summary of what we spoke about last episode, the summary is more fruits and vegetables, Fats that you can trust and proteins that are appropriate. That's really what it comes down to. Now, if you do that as your base and then you choose to have some leucomartis, if you choose to have some baklava, chocolate, if you choose to have some chocolate, if you choose to have a little bit of ice cream, if you choose to do those sorts of things, it's no... Glass of wine and a cheese platter with Damo and Emma? No problems. No problemos. If your main diet is so good that when you have an opportunity to have some sweetness, some goodness, some yummies, if you have that opportunity, you've earned it because your diet for the most part is so squeaky clean, it's great, you're not going to do yourself any damage. And uh, and I encourage people to take the long view of that. Bat in the V, be there for a long time, stay at the crease, don't throw your wicket away. You'll never get to 100 They don't like sport analogies. We've got to give them other ones. They have to because it's a hundred not out. This is a, it's a sport analogy. <laughs> <laughs> what else can I do? Now, what just just do? so yeah. people, you know, when you listen to a podcast and they go, "You've got to go back to listen to last week's episode to get the full story." We don't want you to do that because I find that so annoying. It's like, no, I'm listening to this podcast, so make it enjoyable for me to listen to this podcast. So I'm going to add one more bit of context to Damo's summary, and that is we are talking about the ways to avoid chronic disease, given that chronic disease is what kills the last chapter of most people's lives, and it's 12.1 years to be exact, of terrible, terrible times. Heart disease, diabetes, and cancer are the three, uh, let's say, most popular chronic diseases. And I say that because so it burns in people's heart and soul that you want to avoid them. And Damo, as the High Commissioner of Chronic Disease Avoidance, has been talking about diet, and today we are adding into the conversation stress and genetics. And I'm going to say only a little bit of stress chat because we've done a number of Crack Your Stress Code conversations on the podcast. But genetics, Damo, Mm -hmm. genetics, 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 Mm. um, it's still 
and I'm not saying it in a frustrated manner because I get that it's a factor. It's still um, an anchor for a lot of people when it comes to disease. And as a fatalistic victim, like, I can't do anything about it. It's my genes. Um, can you just come to the party, High Commissioner, and, you know, add, add some of your intelligence around it rather than my headlines and give us a, more of the story, um, the detail around uh, genetics and chronic disease and avoidance of that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I will uh, credit the bulk of my understanding of genetics to Dr. Bruce Lipton. Um, and if you ever Still haven't was... got him on the podcast. I've got to actually drop him an email and get him on. Yeah. Can you believe we've never interviewed Bruce Lipton on this on this uh, podcast? Some people that would it's like shame on us for not interviewing them. I should send him There's a little a texty. I'll send him a texty. Yeah. I'll go, Bruce, can We're we bring in our him shame on? on us category? Can we remove the name? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Well, so Bruce talks about epigenetic control. He was the founder of epigenetics, essentially. And so he was um he was working in a lab at the time on the human genome. And one of the things, because he was part of the human genome project, and one of the things that he did was he removed the nucleus of a cell, thinking that the nucleus was the brain of the cell. And the nucleus is the is the house or the house of the DNA. So the nucleus is not the brain. It's just where the DNA sits. So in other words, it's the instruction manual for how the cell might behave and for the functions that the cell can perform. And what he did was he removed the nucleus from a cell, kept the cell in a Petri dish, and the cell continued to live. And I can't recall how long that cell continued to live for, but it lived independently of the, uh, independently of the nucleus, indicating that the nucleus was not the brain of the cell, as was once thought. It was, in fact, just a little piece of the puzzle that keeps the cell able to repair itself and to performance function so if it's a skin cell mm -hmm. yeah if it's a skin cell like it knows how to be a skin cell because of its dna if it's a heart muscle cell then it knows how to be a heart muscle cell because of the instruction manual that's in the dna um if it's a hair cell which i don't have lots of but it knows how to be a hair cell <laughs> because of its dna right and so if, if the if the if the genes are there, the cell can read from it and it can do that. However, in order to in order to read from the instruction manual, it needs to be told to read from the instruction manual. Does that make sense? So the cell will only can read you repeat from that. The... That was a repeatable statement. Can you please yeah. say that again? The cell will only read from the instruction manual if it needs to read from the instruction manual. Now, based on the instruction manual, if the cell needs to read a particular script from the instruction manual, which is our genome, if it needs to read from that, it will be as a result of an environmental trigger. In other words, a thought, a behavior, a, a, a toxin, a, a meal, um, a stress in our body, whether it's a physical stress, emotional stress, or chemical stress. Something happens in our environment that tells our our cells to read from the instruction manual to behave in a particular way. It's all done via algorithms. So if A happens, then B. If C happens, then D. And so this is this is you know the way in which the body works is that it works through signals 
and then responses. And what Bruce Lipton spoke about in his in his summary of the things that he learned was that it's from outside of the cell is the instruction that tells the cell to behave or how to, you know, to react or to respond. And then the cell, given its environment, can do what it needs to do. Now, if a cell needs to make hay while the sun shines, if the cell needs to make something um, as a result of the environment, it will, it will make it by with it'll make it with the ingredients that it's got on hand so the reason why i'm saying it this way is because if you've got to bake a cake and it calls for white flour self-raising and all you've got is whole whole meal spelt flour the cake's going to turn out differently does that make sense if you put into your body the nutrition that it doesn't need it's going to make a body that you don't want. If the you recipe put, will turn out differently. Yeah. yeah. If you put into the body the nutrition that it does need, it's going to make a body that you do want. So it's pretty simple. If you put into the body the the environment, if you create the environment in the body that is healthful for the body and that the cells can then use as a platform for growth, for repair, for reproduction and regeneration, then you program your body and give it the best opportunity for longevity. And the only way that that can take place is if you provide the environment for it. Because if you provide a different environment, then the genes that you've been passed down from your parents will play out. So if you're worried about heart disease, diabetes, and cancer, if you give it the environment that your cells need to code for heart disease, diabetes, and cancer, because it gets things wrong, if you give it that environment, then you'll get that in you'll get that result. But if you give it a different environment, then you won't. You're less sorry. You're less likely to get that result. So the, what I'm saying there, and and this is coming from Bruce Lipton, is that it's the epigenetic control of the cell. In other words, it's the epigenetic control of the DNA. The, the 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 stressors, the signals from outside of the cell that determine how the cell will behave and then how your body handles the environmental shift that you've got going on in your body. Whew, that's a lot. Can you I? Can I? This is so good. Like honestly, you're probably going to have to rewind that and listen to it a second time. Now I want to ask you a question based on a story, given everything that you've just said, and I want you to tell me if I'm off track or on track because this is what I want the listeners to consider. And it's all about family history and my genes and all of that stuff. Yeah. So my dad, my dad's dad, Earl, yeah. uh, died. He was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And my dad, I think, was 21. And he found his dad dead in the bed. Um, and oh, it gosh. was a very rough childhood. And my dad was actually, he said, good when he found his dad dead because all of the stresses of family life were essentially disappearing um, with his with his alcoholic dad dying. Now, my dad's three siblings um, in their adult lives were heavy drinkers and they are all dead prematurely, like when I say prematurely, uh, before the age of 70, uh, like all considered premature deaths, all, with, all from chronic diseases. Um, and my dad has rarely had a drink. I don't think I've ever seen my dad drunk. He'll have a light beer, doesn't drink much at all, uh, you know, almost as a trauma response. But I actually also think as a 
as an example of he just doesn't want to be anything like his dad. So is that a genetic – like if my dad put himself in a very different environment, so let's say same genes, similar genes, but put himself in a very different environment, which is the word that I love when you talk about this, and his three siblings, God rest their souls, put themselves in a similar environment to their dad. Is that the conversation that you're saying around environment, instruction manual, reading the reading the scripts out of the manual? Yeah, PC, absolutely. And, you know, if you do the same thing, so a lot of people say oh, it's genetic, and I would say it's actually more familial. And so it's if you do the same things that your family's done, then you'll get what your family got, um, as opposed to changing the narrative, changing the environment, um, which would help you avoid what your family got. So, for example, in my family, with lots of arthritis in my family. In order to avoid arthritis, I've employed a number of different strategies. I try to eat a low reactive, low inflammatory diet. I try to make sure that my joints, all of them move as much as possible. Um, I'm very dexterous. I try to make sure that my fingers are always, you know, moving and loose and that they're not um, cramped up and all that sort of stuff to ensure that I give my body the best opportunity to avoid the progression of arthritis. Now, some commentators would say that arthritis if you know osteoarthritis um, is a disease of wear and tear of the joint, other people would say, "Well, if your mum's had it or your grandmother had it, then you're going to have it." And I would say that that is true if you do what your family did to get what your family got. And so, if you change that, then it'll be different. Same as heart disease. It's easy in my family to have high cholesterol because we've got heart disease in my family, but. It's also easy if you don't eat a, a diet or have a stress-filled lifestyle to avoid cholesterol and heart disease. It, you know, and, and the very act of changing that environment or those inputs decreases my chances of developing heart disease. And I know that I don't have heart disease. I've done all the scans. I have all the tests. I do all those sorts of things. But I know that if I ate the same way as some of my other family members do, I would develop the same diseases that they've got because it's a, fa a familial link to a genetic predisposition. Mm. And I want to mm. make sure that I don't have that. It's interesting, isn't it? This is There's a number of different conversations we need to have down the track. I'm like, we need to do an episode or two on arthritis um, and, uh, and, yes, dementia, cholesterol, chats that we probably had, you know, five, six, seven, even eight years ago. We are five episodes of 10 years, Damo. Can you believe that? 520 is, well, we're three episodes off 10 years. I just find that fascinating. And I'm thinking about what you're saying going, I know we've spoken about this before, but it's literally seven, eight, nine years ago. And I think um, we need a 2.0 version, like a, a, an episode dedicated to arthritis and a, 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 some conversations around um, some of these other chronic diseases that I know people are going, well, well, that's in my family and that's in my family. And okay, I get it. I need to put myself in it different environment but what exactly and how exactly and what to be careful of like you said you've got arthritis in your family so the things that you do are quite specific almost as um little tests to make sure that you're not following down the similar path um yeah. what would you say for people uh if i just dovetail a bit from genetics to environment which is i just want to bring the stress conversation in what about you know oh, my mum was angry or my dad was short-fused or my mum was a warrior, so I'm a warrior or my my dad was this, so I'm this. Like particularly stress responses, which is often like emotional patterns. 
Um, yeah. What What's your view on on that? Because that's also a bit of a oh, I can't help it, you know. Um, it's I'm just like my mum type thing. Yeah. Well, that's very true um, because when people say I can't help it, I'm just like my mum, that is very true. You're just like your mum. <laughs> that is true. And so if you want to be different, then you've got to be different to your mum. And so the way in which you do that is to employ strategies to alter the way in which you react to an environment. Uh, and so, you know, this is a very topical thing for us as well at the moment is to, you know, consider you know, the, the conditions, the diseases that are occurring in our family at the moment, and then what are the things that they have done um, that could predispose them to those sorts of, you know, conditions and diseases. And from our perspective, what we're trying to understand is what are the known causes or what are the known triggers of, you know, of these of these diseases. And so just to close off, you know, heart disease, diabetes and cancer, we know that at least 18 different cancers are to do with diet. We know that. We know that heart disease is most of the time a lifestyle disease. And we know that type 2 diabetes is a lifestyle disease. So we know how to modify all of that. And we've just spoken ad nauseum about all of that stuff. And so th there's no questions there. The things that we're still learning about are the the neuro the neuro diseases like alzheimer's and parkinson's and nmd and all of those sorts of things we don't yet know all of those causes but if we could understand what they might be and there's some you know early clues as to what that might be much of it's going to come back to stress and so then we've got to think about what are the stress ores that we encounter on a daily basis and that's emotional stress physical stress and chemical stress if we clean up our diet and stay healthy with our diet, that for the most part decreases our chemical stress load. Now, that doesn't take into consideration other chemicals we might put in or on our body, whether it's beverages or whether it's perfumes or whether it's deodorants or whatever it is. We don't yet know whether those chemicals cause, you know, those types of these types of diseases that we're just about to launch into, which are the neurodegenerative diseases. We don't know yet. But as we pick up and we learn more clues about it, what we do know is that the emotional stress that we encounter and our reaction to emotional stress um, has has shown uh, links to some of these chronic neurodegenerative diseases in in cases such as dementia and Alzheimer's. This this is is the case. Now, what we've got to be aware of is that there's going to be other multiple there's multiple other types of stressors and causes and triggers for these types of diseases. It's just that as we learn about the modifiable risk factors, we don't want to wait to find out the full list of the modifiable risk factors before we make a change. We want to make a change as we become aware that that is actually a modifiable risk factor. So if we go back to having a healthy diet and decreasing the risk of prostate cancer, that means that you want to have more fiber, lots of lycopene, heaps of zinc in your diet, because we know that decreasing the risk of prostate cancer comes from those sorts of nutrients. And so for men, that's really important. When we go to Alzheimer's and dementia, for example, we know that hearing loss is a trigger for neurodegenerative conditions. So we want to make sure that our hearing is continually good. We want to make sure that our brain um, 
cognition is continued to be updated and held healthy and made healthy, that our reaction to stress is not overreaction, that it's modified and that we deal with the stress rather than hanging on to the stress. So that doesn't necessarily mean we've got to go and meditate, but it means that we need to find ways to actually unload the emotional stress on a daily basis and not relying on a sleep to actually try and get us there. The other thing is that we understand with uh, stress is that it drives inflammation within the body. And so more stress from our environment, whether it be when we're talking emotional stress, drives inflammation. That driver of inflammation drives various types of diseases. And we've got to be really mindful of that too. So try to decrease stress by finding what it is that I suppose counters it. That's and you're great at talking about this here, PC, because it's part of your exceptional life, um, you know, book that you wrote, making sure that we're we're finding ways to um, balance out the negative impact of emotional triggers that drive our behaviors on a daily basis. No, it's definitely a big one. And I've got one more one more little bit for you, Damo, because this is something that sticks in my mind a lot. And I think uh, we can never mention this enough. Mm-hmm. So a third of all cancer and a third of all diabetes we know uh, is caused by obesity. And then you are very clear with people that a large percentage of your body shape uh, is uh, contributed by your diet. Can you tell people what that number is yeah. uh, as a way for people to take responsibility for this and not to uh, fall victim to their victim story? Well, yeah, great, PC. I've always said it's about 80% of your body mass is determined by your diet. Um, there's a few other things that we say, and you know, I hope I don't offend anybody here, uh, and so let's just say these things. Um, you can't lie to the scales you can't say the scales don't lie in other words like if you're really trying hard to get your weight under control then there should be a response if there's no response then you need some assistance with that it has to come down to hormones so if your diet is squeaky clean and you're not getting a shift and a change on the scales the scales aren't lying something else is the problem is the cause so if your diet's squeaky clean and you're not losing weight go get your hormones sorted out the other thing that I like to say is you can't outrun an unhealthy diet. You can't mm. go for a run and then go and have Maccas or pastries and all that sort of stuff and then expect that your body's going to be able to fight that just because you went and had a run. That's not how it works. And the other thing is we've never seen, like we've, we always talk about vegans and vegetarians, we've never, we've never met a centenarian that has been vegan or vegetarian. We've also never met. Their over- whole life. They may have done it for five or ten years as a vegan or vegetarian, but it's yeah. never been a lifelong whole thing. It's life. been a, a chapter. Yeah. We haven't met an overweight or obese centenarian. Uh, we we did speak with one person who was quite overweight, or maybe we saw one person in a newspaper clipping that was quite overweight and was a centenarian. Um, but by and large, obesity promotes various types of inflammation and disease. And it's highly likely that those chronic diseases that come as a result of obesity are going to take you earlier than raising the bat at 100 years old. So, you know, there's a few little home truths in there, a few little things that we've got to be considerate of. Um, And keeping track of all of that is really important. Not that you've got to become over-analytic about it, but an awareness of how your body is aging is really important. Uh, and, and I would say that it's important to eat a healthy diet, continue to exercise, but also to track your progress. So if your weight creeps up and it's going out of control a little bit and you're starting to feel like you're losing control, then it's a good time to try and gain control. And that's all about just reeling it in and 
getting back on the water, eating better food and moving more, and uh, and you're going to improve your chances of uh, of getting there. Oh, this has been epic, and with all of these uh, conversations around diabetes and cancer and dementia, I must, it just reminds me, Damo, this is the very last time that we can invite the 100 Not Out listeners to Ikaria. We may be full by now, but I'm taking down the notes. In Ikaria, they experience 80% less dementia, 50% less cancer, and 20% less heart disease. I want you to think about that for a moment, and if you think that it's important for you to observe how it is that they achieve those stats, then you are invited if we have the space to join us in June. Uh, our numbers are finalized as of Feb 28. Thea, our host in Ikaria, gives those uh, room allocations to the local village and we all stay in the little village of Nas um, from June 12 to 21. So if you're listening to this going, okay, I am in that obesity phase and I'm moving and I'm eating, but I'm not getting the results that I want or you're finding that your stress levels are causing you to be at risk factors or maybe you've ever been diagnosed with one of these chronic diseases or you know that you've been playing the genetics fatalistic game and you want to create a different environment for yourself to thrive, then consider joining us in Ikaria where we immerse ourselves in all of this for 10 days. All the details at 100notout.com. That's 100notout.com. Damo, there are so many spin-off episodes from these two um, episodes of 100 Not Out. Thank you so much for just going um, ad lib, ad hoc, and going hard and diving deep and just um, sharing so much of your wisdom and knowledge. I, I, I know we're nearly 10 years young, but I want to do this more often. I want to have these <laughs> chats more often. I think the listeners would be loving um, how rich in content and uh, wisdom the last two weeks have been. I know they love our chit-chats and our conversations with centenarians and graceful ages, but when we get into the details, and this is just so important to Australians particularly, where our, our, our quality of longevity statistics are terrible. So I'm like, this strikes the very core of it. This is what makes our longevity suck, heart disease, diabetes, cancer, dementia. So mm. thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing all of your wisdom the last two weeks. Yeah, yeah, my pleasure. I love it. I love it. And it's really nice to talk nutrition again and have that love of nutrition coming through again. I, I, you know, I've missed it and I love it and I'm glad that I could share it. So thanks everyone for listening. Yeah, good work. For everyone that's been listening, um, let us know how you have found these episodes. What are you changing around uh, chronic disease, avoidance, genetic stress, diet, and so on? We'd love to know how you found these couple of episodes, and we will do more on nutrition um, as we embark on our second decade of 100 Not Out. It's coming up quick. Thanks to everyone for your support of the podcast for 10 years almost. Uh, can't wait to do another 10 until next week. Continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.